What's up, guys? Locked on Irish Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The official Notre Dame podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hope everybody's having a great week. It is a late Thursday night, February 27th, almost the end of this month. We got a February 29th this year. That's news. Um, man, big Irish win yesterday. Holy TJ Gibbs, as I put on Twitter. What a night. Unfortunately, it was against a not very good team, and I'm not really sure how much it helped us, but we'll get to that here in just a little bit. Make sure you're following us out there at Locked On Irish on Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. You know where to find us. Every podcast app. We are out there. Also going to talk about uh, a, a famous voice in uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame Stadium going to be retiring. Uh, really going to be going to be a change. That's for sure. Going to be different. Uh, going to talk about a little meeting that happened today. Uh, a little must be a friend, I guess, from Austin, Texas, hopped up to South Bend. Kelly had a meeting there at the Goog. And we'll get into some Irish hockey and the women's basketball team wrapped up their home slate, home regular season slate tonight. So Irish men take care of business last night by the skin of their teeth against BC, 62-61. The offense was stagnant. Um, playing from behind most of the game. BC, I mean, yeah, it's just a bad matchup. The game was just a bad I don't know why we don't match up well against BC. They're not very good. They're 13-16. and 16. Um, John Mooney, double-double, uh, of course, right? We didn't shoot very good from three. Again, we turned the ball over a little more than we're used to. Um, we were out-rebounded, albeit by one, but we were still, you know, still out-rebounded by what I find to be a bad team. I mean, what's that game? You know, our tournament hopes are over if Fluger doesn't even hit that shot, uh, you know, the half-court shot before halftime. I mean, you go back and look at that, and it's like, wow, how significant that moment was. I mean, all those kind of long shots, it's a big deal, but instead of going into halftime down by 10, we're down by 7. Makes a big di- big difference. Um, makes a huge difference. Um, starters for Boston College kind of had a weird night. Um, three guys, 12 points apiece. Mitchell Heath, Thornton. Um, they got some nice production out of their bench. Um, two of their starters only combined for four points. Popovich, oh of six. Ugh. That is a rough night for a guy getting 22 minutes. Uh, as far as our guys go, Lashevsky, 23 minutes, 10 points. You know, Goodwin is just so erratic at this point. It's it's so frustrating. You know, in the past we've had guys that aren't necessarily the most athletic. Um, and I'm not even talking about like a Pat Connaughton level athlete because that's a high level athlete. Uh, you know, I'm looking at a guy like uh, a Steve Vesturia. Uh, Vesturia really comes to mind, but he could kind of. Uh, and Colin Falls as well. He also kind of comes to mind as guys that weren't super athletic, but they were they had leaner bodies and were able to contort themselves to make a layup or, or get fouled. And Goodwin's just not that guy. And he could could be more productive, and we could see him in more of a different light if he could just, you know, if he was just a guy that spotted up. He was Kyle Korver, essentially. Spot up, hit a three. That's what I thought he was going to be. I mean, he's a local guy. I've seen him play. Went to Upper Arlington, just probably about 45 minutes from where Lockdown Irish is recorded. 
I mean, I really thought this guy was going to just be that stone-cold killer from behind the arc, and he's just not been that so far. In fact, he's actually kind of fallen off a little bit. Um, you know, from the field, he was 0-4 last night, one point. Leshevsky had a decent night. I mean, you take 10 points from anybody off the bench, had two threes. Hub still playing erratic. He's just as erratic as Goodwin is at this point. Uh, 4 of 14 from the field. Did hit two threes, had 10 points total. I mean, you look at it, we only had three guys in double figures, and one of those guys was coming off the bench, and Hub did Hub did it off of 85 shots. Uh, Durham only played in 10 minutes. I'm not really sure the game plan there. You know, it seemed like we were improving, and the team looked a little more fluid when Durham was playing more minutes, plays a lot less minutes, and it wasn't for any reason of, of matchups, I don't think. I don't think, you know, Durham being in or out is more of a more of a matchup issue or more of a matchup advantage, in my opinion. Um, you know, I like what does she see from Leshevsky. He's definitely improving. Um, you know, overall it was just yes, you're happy to escape with escape the keyword. Um with the win. You know, Gibbs, he was erratic as well, just inconsistent. Four of twelve, one of five from three. Only nine points, but had the points when it mattered the most. Just had the points when it mattered the most, and that's huge. Fluger stills just Fluger, five shots. Um, made two from the field, five total points. Um, you take it, kind of is what it is. I, I tell you, where I'm struggling with Hub, and I know there's a, there, there's a lot of good that can come with Hub, and he's got a ton of potential. But, you, you know, a guy like that, you kind of handle... You deal with the the shooting slumps, if you will. You kind of live with those those issues with shooting and shooting a lot of shots and missing a lot of shots. It's like a like a home run hitter is going to strike out a lot. You know, you kind of you kind of know that you you deal with it. But then you look at the other side of his game, and he's not doing much better there either. So yeah, he gets some dingers from time to time, but he strikes out a lot, and he has no glove in the field. And what I mean by that is he had four turnovers yesterday. Four of our 11 turnovers were hub. I mean, you got to take care of the ball. And what's the most important thing in every sport? Football, basketball, specifically. The ball. If you don't take care of the ball, if you any sport that there's turnovers to be created, the, the object that you play with is the most important thing. And if you don't take care of that, that's a problem. And I just wonder at one point, at what point is it going to be, is he going to be a liability? Is Bray going to view him as a liability? Because right now we're just very fortunate that one, the ACC's down. The much broader picture is the ACC's down. Could you, did you see any any world that you live in where Notre Dame's the fifth best team in the ACC? I know I certainly didn't see it coming this year. And what world do we is the ACC so down that the fifth best team in the ACC is on is out of the tournament. We're not even being considered right now. Not even being considered. I mean, they said we held serve. I mean, most people think we're going to have to win out, including the win over Florida State. That would put us at 21 wins and get to the ACC title game. Possibly have to win it. I don't see it that way. I truly don't. I know it wasn't pretty last night, but I think if we get to 21 wins... I think we're in. I do. Maybe it's the first four, but I think we're in. I don't get this notion that we are just up, you know, S Creek because we can't, you know, I I just don't see it. 
I just don't see us being as out as they say we are. Yeah, okay, fine. You want to say we're not in the tournament right now? I get that. I'm 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 good. We're cool with that. I can roll with that. But this just no shot in having to just run roughshod through the entire rest of our schedule. I just don't see that. You know, not not a bit. So Darren Pritchard, he pretty informative guy, um, tweeted out earlier today. Let's see here if I can find. Yeah, Notre Dame right now is fifty-two in ESPN's BPI, and our biggest issue right now is we're 0-7 versus the BPI top 50. Only four teams ranked in the top 75 without a win over a top 50 team, and those teams are Wichita State, Rhode Island, Liberty, and Notre Dame, and that's the thing. We have to get one of these Tier 1, Tier 2 wins, and we've let them slip every single opportunity we've had, and we're going to have about two more opportunities. It's not going to be Wake on Saturday. We have Florida State. We should be able to get past our first game of the ACC tournament, and then we'll play one of the upper echelon teams, whether that be Florida State again, Louisville, Duke, or Virginia. And we need at least one of those, possibly two, to really change the narrative on this thing. And I think we can. Uh, I covered a local girls team. Just finished up last night. Unfortunately, they played a really talented squad. Uh, Two Ohio State commits on the other side. And, but, but the team I cover is really good, too, but they're really young. But you look at them, and only one person on the team, one girl's physically imposing. Just She's a 6'4 freshman, 14-year-old kid, freshman, 6'4. It's crazy. Anyway, my point is this, is I can compare that team a lot to Notre Dame in the sense that, you know, when you just look over at them, Notre Dame, this Notre Dame basketball team, you're just kind of like, yeah, okay, yeah, they got a couple guys. They got a person here or there, you know, but they're not that good. And then you look up every single game, no matter, you know, they're blowing out the bad teams. And then and against the good teams, every time out, you look up at the clock, even though you had this notion about them, you had this preconceived thought about this team, there's two minutes left in the game, and it's a one- to four-point game. You know, outside of Duke, obviously, but that's how I view this team. You kind of look at them and you're like, yeah, great, short bench, not really all that athletic. You got Mooney, who's a stud, but outside of that, you don't really have much. And then you play against them. You throw anybody, for the most part, anybody out there on the opposite side of the court against them, and you look up at the scoreboard and there's two minutes left and they're up by two or only down by one, and you're like, what the hell happened? And Notre Dame's just going to have to continue to do that. They're going to have to continue shocking teams. And if they can get that Florida State win, I, th- I think they punched their ticket. All right, guys, back at it again. Locked On Irish Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Probably a quick, quicker segment here in the second segment. Uh, let's talk about a little gentleman that came up to Notre Dame, South Bend today. It was talked about well, earlier today, making a little wintertime visit to the Bend. And that being Tom Herman came up to the Goog, had a meeting with Coach Kelly. And I know a lot of people were up in arms about this and what's going on and you just never heard of this before. Well, you got, you've, you've heard of it. It goes on all the time. It's just we live in this Twitter age where, you know, everybody knows everything. So you might be hearing about it for the first time. But look no further than, like, the movie We Are Marshall. You know, Bobby Bowden let in coach from Marshall when he took back over um, after the tragic, tra- tragic accident. Um, killed what like 75 
players, coaches, the whole bit, almost completely wiped out their program. I mean, you know, Bobby Bowden let uh, let the coach from Marshall in and watch film right then and there and helped them get back on track. I think they were trying to run the veer because they uh, it was Jack Lingle. I knew his name was escaping me. Um, you know, they they seen that as as an advantage for them, and they'd seen in the past work for West Virginia, and I mean they were rivals. They still they still are actually. West Virginia refuses to play uh, Marshall. Um, but this goes on more than you think. I mean, I've seen a camp going on here in Ohio at Kent State, and it's got a couple Big Ten teams. They're coming there together to to scout and things like that. It's not, this isn't as exclusive as what you think. This is a, a real fraternity of coaches, and they all share ideas off of each other. And Tom Herman seed something in the Irish, uh, you know, per the Irish, maybe this is or isn't it, but speculation per Irish Illustrated is Notre Dame goes 4-8 and eight in 2016 and changes need to be made. 2017 rolls around, we're a 10-win team. We've been a 10-win team every in three straight seasons, 17, 18, and 19, after falling off the map like we did at 4-8. It was 2007 all over again, probably more frustrating because we were just a bad team in 07. We actually had some talent in 2016. And Herman decided to come up here you know, lick his wounds a little bit, tuck his tail some, and be humble enough to say, hey, I need some help. We're not performing up to expectation. What did you do? So, I mean, that's what they, you know, that's what this Irish Illustrated article saying that went on. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what comes out of it. Is, did he get the info that he needed? How does he use it to turn around Texas? Because Texas is in trouble right now, and so is Tom Herman. I don't know. It, it's got to get better because of the talent that's down there. And it is Texas. I mean, it's one of the largest you know, student population campuses in the country. Too much football talent down there to be where they're at. It just is. It's inexcusable for them not to be a national power every year. And, you know, Herman is just trying to press all the right buttons because his job's on the line, essentially. But this has happened forever. I mean, don't think this hasn't happened couple times already this year where guys, you know, these coaching clinics, I know there's coaching camps that are hosted by that Notre Dame that hosted every huge university across the country and other coaches come in and they chip in and they contribute. And it is, it's just a fraternity. It's nothing to get all worked up about. It's just guys share ideas and they're not like chucking the playbook to you and saying, Hey, go home. Good luck with that. Hey, do you want the live feed to our practice? No, it's just sharing ideas, sharing things that motivate, sharing little tweaks to an offense or a defense, things like that. So a voice will be missing after this season at Notre Dame. Mike Collins, public address announcer, longtime public address announcer, 38 years on the job, stepping down. Um, Man, I'm going to miss that voice, iconic voice. I mean, I'm 33. If you're, you know, probably up to like 50 years old, you only know that voice inside the stadium. 38 years is an incredible run at that job. And could there possibly be a better job than just calling Notre Dame football games? Now, I will say it is tough. You, you People say that and then you do it because I'm behind the camera a lot for local high school sports. 
And I'll tell you what, sometimes I don't feel like I get to watch the game or experience it the way I want to. And I'll be honest with you, there are times when if I am into the game and I'm actually taking in the game, I'm not actually filming correctly. Last night was one of those nights. I really cared about the the girls' team. Um, just a great group of kids. But I noticed myself at times watching the game and not living through the lens and getting the footage that I needed to get to create highlight videos and whatnot, what we were to, what we were brought in to do for this team. And, uh, yeah, so don't think those jobs are just, like, every fan's dream. You actually you have a job to do. You have work to do. But uh, that iconic voice, man, welcome to Notre Dame Stadium. Here come the Irish. Even down to, like, the, the weather, it always cracked me up, but he had the right voice for it. He's like, you know, wind coming out of the southwest at seven miles an hour. It's a great day for football. You know, just, wow. You know, athletic director Jack Swarbrick, the Irish are led by head coach Brian Kelly. You know, and introducing the head coach for the other team. And just, ah, man, it is going to be different. i tell you what, I would not want to follow that job. Talk about, yes, it's a job. I don't want to be the guy that has to follow in the tracks of that. Just a living legend up there in the booth. And enjoy him. He's going to be there for one more season. I'll be at the Arkansas game, and I will absolutely cherish every moment that uh, I get to hear that iconic voice inside the stadium. All right, guys, let's do another uh, our second campus whip around of the week, two sports we haven't talked about this week, Irish hockey as well as the Notre Dame ladies basketball team. You guys know I'm real big into trying to build the women's game, so we're definitely going to talk about that. Uh, let's start with hockey. Last two times out, the Irish had a sweep over the Michigan Wolverines, improved their record to 13-12-6. and six. Uh, They needed it. That was a big one. Cam Morrison, uh, Matt Halixson, two goals in the first game. That 2-1 win over the Skunk Bears that are... I mean, Skunk Bears are actually kind of cool. I mean, I know they use it as insulting, but and you know, Michigan fans probably feel insulted by it, but that's actually pretty cool. A Skunk Bear... And then, you know, they don't actually have a mascot. You know, they, the Wolverine is their mascot, but there's nobody dressed up like a, you know, we have a leprechaun dressed up. Nobody's dressed up like a, a, a Wolverine. I want to see that. Let's do some of that. Um, kind of an odd game in the second game um, as they improved to 14-12-6 and six with the the second win, uh, the, squeeze, the sweep, the sweep over Michigan. Uh, 0-0 going into the third period and in three goals in the third period. Uh, Tori Dello, Cam Morrison, there goes that mama, there goes that man. Uh, Spencer uh, Stastny, uh, we had three goals within, what, seven minutes? Scored at 18-33, 13-14, and 11-38. Just a tear. And, uh, yeah, great job. Great job by these guys. Uh, still sitting outside of the top 25. Um, you know, they are keeping their hat in the ring, let's just say that. They're definitely keeping their hat in the ring as far as getting into the tournament. You know, just a far cry from where this season started. Not exactly sure what happened to this team. I mean, the hot, the hottest of hot starts. They start out, we talked about before, it was like a like 10-1 and one or something like that, and literally have won like four games. Now they're getting back on track a little bit. You got to give them credit there for finding a way to get back on track. But, you know, Michigan, despite the sweep, they are sitting outside the top 25. So we got Michigan State coming up. 
a decent team. You know, nothing, uh, you know, we're not really getting signature wins. We're like the damn basketball team right now. We're not really getting these great big signature wins. Now, we'll have some opportunities coming up. Penn State, Ohio State's possibly out there in the um, Big Ten tournament. So we have a two-game set coming up tomorrow and Saturday, uh, 7 o'clock NBC Sports, 6 o'clock NBC Sports on Saturday. And that will be against Sparty, and then we'll turn right around and go to the first round of the Big Ten tournament, which starts on March 6th. So let's talk the Irish ladies here real quick. So it's been a tough year, as we know. Discussed it before. Uh, probably one of Muffet's worst. In fact, before we wrap the show up, let's take a look at that. But they get the win tonight. Senior night against an okay 16-12 and 12 North Carolina. But nice to see them go out in the regular season with a win. Uh, finish, we got one more game left against number 19 Florida State. That will be in Tallahassee. Um, got the W, finished are about to finish the season at 12 and 17 and in a game they they looked great. I mean, never trailed. Um well, up 43-32 at the half. Outscored them by 9 in the third quarter. I mean, almost outscored them in every single quarter. Um almost a 20-point win. This looked like Notre Dame women's basketball, did it not? I mean, you had an entire bench playing Essentially, will we play three, four, five, six, seven players come off the bench. Twelve, all twelve players played in all. Sam Brunel, twenty-three points. Um, who came off the bench for twenty-four points? Gilbert came off the bench for twenty-four. Cosgrove gave us nine off the bench for three threes. I mean, what a night, Michaela Vaughn. I mean, she she only had six points, but it was just such a dominant night. And that felt so good to go in there and get it like that because it's just been such a struggle this year. And, you know, with this kind of record, we have to run the table in the ACC. It's probably, you know, let's call a spade a spade. This is not going to happen. Um, they're outside of that first-round matchup. Well, it kind of depends on what Wake does because Notre Dame's 7-10. and 10. Their season might actually be over because they're sitting there at 7-11. and 11. They may have to play in that first round. You know, there'll be double buys and there'll be regular buys and the four worst teams in the AC, just like the men, the four worst teams in the ACC will have to play basically a play-in game. So, I mean, I don't look for the Irish to go far when the ACC tournament's over. Likely they won't be playing for an ACC title and their season will also be coming to a close, which is really sad. But let's hope let's hope this changes Muffet in the way she coaches because we talked about many, many times about how this could have maybe been avoided. We talked about all the talent that she lost by, in my opinion, mishandling the bench. Yes, there were injuries, but these kids come in, they want to play at least a little bit, and she kind of didn't even give it a chance. Kind of didn't even give it a chance for some of these kids to just get that taste they need to stick around. Sometimes that's all a kid needs, and when she was only playing a seven-person, seven-woman uh, rotation, I mean, it killed a lot of kids' just ambition to be there, and they took off, and now some of them are in Indiana, but Oregon, and really being contributors, and you just wonder what could have been, especially with a down UConn, a, a, what looks like to be a very beatable South Carolina. Um, Oregon, I'm, I'm pulling for Oregon. 
I really am. I, I, a lot of good storylines going on there. But uh, I'm definitely pulling for Oregon there. Um, yeah, this has the potential, though, to be Muffet's worst season. I'm looking at her resume. Yeah, she was 14 and 17 and 91, 92, and actually made the tournament somehow. That's wild. Low standards that year. You know, the year prior, she was 23 and 9 and went to the women's NIT. That's interesting. They must, they had to have won the tur- ACC tournament or the, I guess, the Big East tournament at that point in time. No, it would have been the Midwestern Collegiate Conference. That's right. That had to have been the case. I can't let's see here. Can't find. Yeah, there it is. MCC Conference Tournament 91-92. Yep, they won it that year, so that's how they got in. I was going to say, teams, it the bubble couldn't have been that soft, could it? There is no way it could have been that soft. So tomorrow, since we're just kind of catching up, we're going to talk combine results. We're going to talk uh, guys that are going to the NFL and their positions maybe change once they get there. I know we touched on that yesterday with like Chase Claypool, for instance. But there's, you know, there's some other guys and kind of get your thoughts on that. And what else are we talking this week? Oh, yeah, Jafar Armstrong. He kind of falls into that category. What do we think about him? Do we think he's still running back next season? We're going to have all that and more on the next Locked On Irish. That'll be tomorrow. I'm not sure when that'll get released. This one's going to get released like minutes before midnight. So it, it's still a Thursday Locked On Irish. So. Remember, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Follow us at Locked on Irish on Facebook and the Twitter. Till next time, go Irish. Go Irish.